Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our In the World, Not of It series, which walks through the book of 1 Corinthians, showing how we are citizens of a better country. We hope this sermon will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. Now we get to chapter 9. And what's awesome is, as we come to chapter number 9, we find Paul actually continuing down this train of thought about not using your rights as a Christian and demanding what you deserve, but instead living not only with love, but with a law of deference, being able to defer to others. And Paul gives us the reasons why we can defer. Before we get to it, let me ask you this morning, you've been around people who are very, very driven People who get a, they get something they're going to do and their mindset is, I will do what it takes to accomplish this task. Uh, One of those people that I know like that is with us today and I won't embarrass him, but he's in the very back and he's my (laughs) brother-in-law. And he pastors in Spokane. Uh, Jim, slip your hand up back there. And I'm gonna embarrass my brother-in-law, but Jim, of course, he's no stranger here, preached here many times and a blessing but my brother-in-law is one of the most driven people I know. And, uh, and when it comes to tasks, I, I'm thankful for Jim and his influence on in my life. But one thing that I've caught on is if Jim's going to accomplish something, either, either get in or go away. That's the mindset. And I'm fine with that. But Jim, over the years, they have, they've designed and built their own houses, and uh, God's gifted Jim with the ability to do construction and all of that type of stuff. And I can recall many times, and specifically this last house that they built, where my brother-in-law, man, I'd be like, hey, what are you going to, you know, I'm I'm coming over. What are you doing? I'm working on the house. Well, what were you doing last night? I was working on the house. Well, what are you doing tonight? I'm working on the house. When are you going to be done? When I'm done building the house. And I'm not exaggerating to say that probably for about, um, I would say probably about 14 months, Jim and Dawn and the family, they just, I mean, literally day and night were working on the house. When Jim wasn't working on the house, he was studying to pastor and to preach at their church on Sunday. And then he would make visits and go do something at the house and then go do a hospital visit and go do something at the house. And, and for months, just on three or four or five hours of sleep at night, why? He had in his mind, I'm going to do what it takes to accomplish the task. It's like a kid that you give an incentive to. If you get your room clean, then we will go out for ice cream. If you get your room clean, then we will fill in the blank. Man, if you, if you, if you tell them something like that, and it's something they really wanna do, they'll stop at nothing. Why? I've got something set before me and nothing is gonna stop me from accomplishing my task. As you come to 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, I believe that's Paul's mindset about the task that God has given him. Nothing's gonna stop me. Take your Bible, if you would. Let's look at these verses together. 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, let's stand together and get right into this this morning. You'll be glad to know that I only have two points today in the message. That means absolutely nothing, but you might be glad to know it. 1 Corinthians chapter number nine and verse number 19, Paul writes this. For though I be free, from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. 
Under the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law, being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run, run that ye may obtain, and every man that striveth for the mastery is his temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. This morning... <clears throat> 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, Paul is continuing down this thought of living by deference. I just wanna make sure we all understand what I mean here. As you go through life as a Christian, you can do one of a few things. You can demand that you are right and it's my way or the highway, or, or, You can stand in truth, but defer in love and help bring people along to Christ. It's like leadership. In leadership, there's leading by pushing or there's leading by walking out in front and saying, follow and do as I do. This morning when Paul looks in 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, what we're going to see is that he actually uses his own life as an example to say, hey, I could demand some things, but for the sake of the gospel, for the sake of the lost, and for the sake of eternity, I don't push my preferences onto everybody. Instead, I try to help people know that I'm gonna love you and I'm gonna speak truth into your life, but I defer some of these things. And I hope this will make sense this morning. And so let's pray. We'll get right into the message with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Why don't you take just a minute and with your own heart, just ask God to speak to you. God, please speak to me today. Please help me to hear from you. And then commit to the Lord. God, if you speak to me, I'm listening and I'll respond today. Dear Lord, we just come before you. We thank you for the word and we thank you for how you use it. I pray that you would help us this morning. Help us to hear, help us to understand, and Father, that we would leave knowing that we've met with you, that you've spoken to us, that we would leave challenged today. God, we love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. You go ahead and be seated. In coming to 1 Corinthians chapter number nine, we find Paul with a heart to accomplish what God has for him. Paul's heart is going to be this, and we'll see it through the message I am going to do what it takes to accomplish the task that God has set before me. 
As you and I come to 1 Corinthians 9 to look at Paul's heart about accomplishing what God has given him, I want us to notice two very simple thoughts. The first thought is Paul saying, this is what I deserve. This is what I deserve. As we turn the page from chapter 8 into chapter number 9, we need to remember again that in its original writings, in the original transcripts, in the Greek language, there weren't chapter and verse divisions. How many of you know that that wasn't put in? Okay, you know, Paul wasn't like verse one, you know. Uh, he, they, he just wrote. And so chapter eight and chapter nine, there's not a break in them if you were to read it in the original writing. And so Paul, he's continuing along that topic of the gray areas like we've spoken about. And the fact is that there were people acting based upon what they knew and they weren't worrying about who they would offend. Um, this, is the, this is the Christian nowadays, and last week we talked about it, but this is the Christian nowadays that may have a gray area, and they say, well, this is my right, and I'm going to do it. I don't care what anybody says and anybody thinks. Now, does a Christian have the ability to do that and God's not zap them? Yes, because there are certain things that, that are those gray areas. So we can operate by a way of, I don't care who I offend, or we can operate by the way of what Paul mentioned a couple weeks ago by just saying, no, I'm going to, because I don't want to offend, I'm going to show you grace. I'm going to show you love. And so Paul basically has been writing to them saying there is a better way to make decisions, and that is operated to operate based upon love. Instead of just demanding to be right, live by a law that says, I'm going to work to have all of my actions show love to those around me, not just what I deserve. Well, why would we do that? Because we have to understand that not everyone grows in the same areas at the same time. There's one guy that he can eat meat, but the other guy, he can't. Are either one of them right or either one of them, either one, either one of them right or either one of them wrong? No. No, they're both, they're both correct, but they're both growing at a different pace. And so Paul is keeping that thought. With that in mind, Paul is actually going to use himself as an illustration. Notice verse number one. Paul says, am not I an apostle? Am I not free? Have I not seen Jesus Christ our Lord? And are not ye my work in the Lord? If I be not an apostle unto others, yet doubtless I am to you, for the seal of mine apostleship are ye in the Lord. Real quick, these first couple of verses, Paul is affirming or confirming his call as God, excuse me, his call from God as an apostle. An apostle is one called from Christ, sent by Christ, but who has also seen, who has also seen the risen Christ. And so uh, Paul says to them, he says to them, hey, listen, you need to remember I've been sent from the Lord. Why is he saying that? Verse number three. My answer to them that do examine me is this. Have we not power to eat and drink? Have we not power to lead about a sister, a wife, as well as other apostles as, and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Or I, or I only and Barnabas, have not we power to forbear working? Well, what's Paul doing? In these verses, Paul's kind of being a little sarcastic. Remember, they've been asking a bunch of questions. They asked a question about the gray areas in chapter number eight, and he's just following that line. He says to them in verse number one and two, I'm an apostle, I was sent from God. But verse three through six is him basically kind of saying to them, now, 
Are you saying that I don't have a right to have meals and to drink fluids? You say, well, why is he saying that? If we were to go to this, when he says, have, what, have not we power to eat or to drink? Have not we the power to lead about a sister or a wife in ministry? All of these thoughts are gonna tie in in these next few verses. So put it in your mind that Paul is saying to them, I'm sent from God. I should be treated the same as anybody else. And here's why, verse number six, or verse number seven. Who goeth uh, warfare at any time at his own charges? Who planteth a vineyard and eateth not the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not the milk of the flock? Verse eight and nine. For I say these things as a man, or say I these things as a man, or saith not the law the same also? For it is written in the law of Moses, thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Doth God take care for the oxen, or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he that planteth should plow in hope, that he that, uh, yeah, should plow in hope, and that he that thresheth in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we shall reap your carnal things. What's he saying, pastor? Verse 14. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. What is Paul saying with all of this? I'm kind of skipping ahead just so we don't take a ton of time. In verse one, all the way down through verse number 12, here's what Paul is saying to them. I have a right to demand that you pay me for speaking to you spiritual things. If, uh, if uh, verse number seven, if a soldier is going to war, he's gonna get paid for being a soldier for that nation. If a farmer is going to plant, he should be able to reap of what he planted. Uh, if, uh, if someone with, with, uh, with animals is going to raise those animals, they should be able to, uh, to have the, the milk or the meat from those animals. It's only natural that you get paid for the work you put in. Then he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter 25 and verse number four when he says, don't muzzle the mouth of the ox. Well, what, is, what does that have to say? Well, the Jews, they knew, they actually got it, adopted it from, from the Egyptians, that if they wanted to, uh, to separate um, the wheat from the flask. They wanted to separate the, gr the grain from that outer shell and all of those things. What they would do is they would actually put a big, and you, maybe if you've, you've seen cartoons or things of this where that big, that big rock is strapped to an oxen and they're gonna walk around and, and be uh, breaking. That rock's gonna roll over that wheat and break it and, and separate it and all of that stuff. What they would do is they would allow those animals they wouldn't muzzle them so that as they're walking, they'd be able to eat of the grain that they're separating. You want one frustrated ox that doesn't want to walk around and separate the wheat from the, uh, the, the, the um, chaff. Thank you. If you, want, if you want one frustrated ox, muzzle it. Don't let it eat. Well, why is Paul saying all of this? Okay, go to verse number 14. We just have it on the screen. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach of the gospel should live of the gospel. Now, for a lot of pastors, this is a very uncomfortable topic. I'm not one of those pastors. <clears throat> I've, I've been raised in ministry, 
And I've got no problem saying that a church should support the staff of the church. A church should pay the pastor. A church should pay the staff. A church should pay them well. When Paul even says, shouldn't I be allowed to have a wife and go about and you support my wife? That is even advocating for the fact that a pastor should be paid well enough that the wife shouldn't have to work. That, that's what that's advocating. Again, pastor's not preaching on this today. I'm not asking you to give me a raise, okay? We're, we're, we're going to cover a topic that Paul is talking about and an example that he's using. And, and there's, you know, some of the folks that might be here that think, great, we come to church and he always preaches about money. You're right, every service. Come back next week and you'll hear it again. <laughs> but here's what Paul is doing. Here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, listen, in nature, in, in the, 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 the military world, with animals, with farmers, if somebody puts in the work, they should get paid. So here's what Paul is doing. He's saying, this is what I deserve. I deserve to be able, I should be able to come to you and say, I've ministered to you in spiritual things. You need to meet my needs. Paul is basically saying, this is my right. I could demand this. Okay, are we all on the same page? Well, why could Paul say that? Because he had led most of them to Christ. Most of the people in Corinth, Paul had personally reached and discipled. And Paul was the one, <coughs> excuse me, Paul was the one who was helping them. He was helping them grow in the Lord. Paul was the one who was ministering and preaching and giving all of these things to them. He had a right to say to them, you should support me, and it's my right to tell you that. Now, Paul's saying, this is what I deserve, but I want you to notice the connecting thought when Paul says, but this is why I defer. This is why I defer. <clears throat> in Paul saying, this is what I deserve, I, before we get to the deference, I want to ask you a question. Would you agree with Paul's thinking? Would you agree with the fact that a, a pastor should be paid? Okay, we would agree with that. We'd agree that a, the staff should be taken care of. I think even, um, I'm going to throw this out right now, I think even about our missions conference coming, our missions emphasis month. Um, this year, I've told, I told the church on Thursday night, my goal this year, uh, we have one new missionary family, that I'd, a church planting family I'd love to bring on where we support them. Some of you might say, well, pastor, what is that? What do you mean? Pastors go and they start churches and other churches join up with them and send them money each month so that that pastor doesn't have to get a full-time job. And until he can build a church up around them, he's supported by other churches. That's what a missionary and a church planter does. And so we we partner right now with, um, I think, 14 or 15 missionaries or church planters. We send them $150 a month, and other churches do the same. And so Missions Emphasis Month is our month to say, hey, we're going to continue to partner with the gospel going around the world. I think even some of that flows back to 1 Corinthians chapter number 9 that we recognize that there are people that are doing the work of God, reaching others for Christ, and we can come alongside them and partner with them. My goal this year is to not only take on that one family, but then also everybody that we do support, raise their support to $200 a month. I'd love to be able to do that just because of the economy, the way culture is, prices going up everywhere. Well, why would we do that? Because people who preach the gospel should be able to be supported by that. 
And some of them, until they hit that point where they have a church that can sustain them, man, we're that partner with them. Paul had the right to demand this, but he didn't. Notice the verses. I wanna, I wanna read them and give you some thoughts this morning. But Paul's going to give us three reasons. Three reasons as to why he didn't demand, but instead he deferred. Notice the first reason. Number one, for the sake of the gospel. For the sake of the gospel. Look at verse 12 all the way down through verse number 18. If others be partakers of this power over you, are not we rather? Nevertheless, so Paul, verse, that verse 12, I deserve this. That's what Paul is saying. Nevertheless, we have not used this power, but suffer all things lest we should hinder the gospel of Christ. Do ye not know that they which minister of holy things live of the things of the temple? And they which wait at the altar are partakers with the altar. Even so hath the Lord ordained that they which preach the gospel should live of the gospel. But I have used none of these things. Neither have I written these things that it should be, be so done unto me. For it were better for me to die than that I, any man should make my glory in void. For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. Verse number 23 of uh, 1 Corinthians 9. And this I do, for the gospel's sake. You know, Paul's whole mindset was, and listen, we're gonna, I'm gonna wrap this into a, hopefully a pretty box for us today that we can just look at and say, wow, okay, that makes sense to me. But here's the thought. In life, we're just gonna skip the box. In life right now, you and I, you can go through life and you can demand, here's what I deserve because of X, Y, and Z. Or you can think, there's a bigger picture to this. What's the bigger picture? The death, burial, and the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't demand things. Why? Because of Jesus' sake. Because of Christ. Here's what Paul is saying in, in these verses, and I wish we had the time just to really get in and belabor the points, but here's what Paul is getting at. I am not going to go around demanding my way and demanding my rights and demanding what you should pay me, what is rightfully mine and what I deserve. I'm not going to do that. Why? Because I have a higher calling, and that higher calling is my, my, my God trusting me to just preach the gospel. God trusting me to just tell people about the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. Hey, I'm going to defer my demands why? Because of Jesus' sake. Because of Christ. Paul wanted the message of the gospel to be free from any obstacles or hindrances in the minds of lost sinners. And so he even says to them in verse number 15, I'm not writing this to you that you would pay me more. No, I am preaching Jesus regardless of if I get paid or don't get paid. Why am I preaching Christ? Because it is of a necessity. This is the, 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 uh, the task that God has given to me and he says it this way, woe unto me if I don't preach the gospel. Hey, I'm going to defer any demands in my life for the sake of the gospel. Why else? For the sake of the lost. 
for the sake of the lost. Notice verse number 19. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself servant unto all that I might gain the more. Under the Jews, I became as a Jew that I might gain the Jews. To them that are under the law, as under the law, that I might gain them that are under the law. To them that are without the law, as without the law. Being not without law to God, but under the law to Christ, that I might gain them that are without the law. To the weak became I as weak. Why? That I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. While Paul was free, In Christ, he made himself, what he says, the servant to all. Because he was free, he was free to serve. The phrase, I I am become all things to all men, a lot of people have taken it out of context. A lot of people, and uh, I, I would probably say a lot of carnal Christians have taken that out of con- context to say, well, I've become all things to all men. So that means I can, I can go and I can do all of the sinful things because I'm trying to reach the lost. That's not, Paul, that's not what Paul was saying. No, very quickly this morning, here's what Paul is saying. He's saying, I lived my life in such a desire, with, with such a desire that I did not want to go through life and offend anybody. To the Jew, to the Jew, I connected with Jewish things. Now, what was Paul? Paul was Jew. That, that he said it. He said, I'm, I was a Jew. <clears throat> but his ministry was to who? The Gentiles. When Paul said, I, to the Jews became I a Jew, it doesn't mean that Paul was a chameleon. Around Jewish people, I acted this way. And then around the Gentile people, I acted this way. And then around those that are without the law, man, I just lived it up, you know. And that's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, no, to the Jews, I found common ground in their Judaism. I found common ground to reach them. To the Gentiles, you go to Acts and you watch how Paul preaches on Mars Hill in Athens, Acts chapter number 17. He doesn't use Jewish religion to preach to the Gentiles. No, he says, hey, I notice all of these idols that you have, and I want to speak to you about the unknown God. And then he begins to quote from philosophers of that day. What is he doing? He's finding common ground to reach the Gentile. To those that are without the law, again, Jewish and Gentile, that's what this is all talking about. To those who are without the law, who weren't under Jewish law, what did I do? I, I, find, I found common ground connecting them with them outside of Jewish law. Well, Pastor, what is Paul saying in all of this? He's simply saying, even though I'm free in Christ, I've made myself a servant because there are a lot of lost people around me and I will do anything to bring people to Jesus. I'll do anything to bring people to Christ. Well, Paul, why would you do that? Because they're lost. Because if I demand my way, then, then they might be able to say, oh, that preacher. Oh, that preacher, he was demanding his way. At that time, they had... Um, uh, if you've been with the series, you'll remember we talked about it in the first few weeks of the series a very long time ago. But during that time, philosophers would go and, and the meeting place would be the marketplace. Everybody would go to the marketplace and you would almost, you know, you, you know the phrase, uh, well, get your own soapbox, you know, something like that. Uh, that it, it all dates all the way back to that because in that meeting place, someone would get almost a soapbox. And is this okay to stand on? I don't know. No one knows. <laughs> 
there's a pumpkin on that pumpkin's about as big as I am. Uh, they, they would stand on this soapbox and they would get up and they would, they would give their big oratory and then somebody else who maybe opposed them, they would get their soapbox and they would give their big oratory. They'd give their big oratory and do this whole thing. And they'd be going back and forth and, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then whoever sounded smarter, you would pay them more. And everybody who would be listening, they, it, was kind of, it was kind of custom. They knew, well, when that guy got up, well, after he's done, we all, we all give to him and we all make sure that, that the guy who won is the one that we give more to. Here's what Paul is saying. Hey, I go and I preach in the marketplace, but when people come to give, I'm like, I don't want that. Why? Because I want them to see Jesus, not me. I didn't come in and declare unto you, hey, Paul is this great person. No, 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 no. I came in unto you and I said, hey, you need to turn to Jesus Christ. Why? Because you are lost and in need of the, 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 the work of the gospel in your life. And this is what Paul's heart is saying. So why did Paul defer? Paul deferred for the sake of the, of the gospel. Paul deferred for the sake of the, the loss. But then notice also today that Paul deferred for the sake of eternity. Paul deferred for the sake of eternity. Look at the verses, and this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery, he's temperate or disciplined in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not as uncertainty, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air. But I keep my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Now there's a connection here that Paul says, uh, because you would know of the Olympic Games, Corinth had what was called the Isthmian Games. They have the Isthmian games, and these would be games where people would come, and uh, any, any really uh, Greek athlete could come in, and they could partake in the games. They were doing it to get that little wreath crown. You know, maybe you've seen those old movies or something with the wreath crown. That's, that was it. That was the prize. You get that, maybe some prize money. They'd go through fights and all that stuff to get, you know, something you could pluck out of your backyard. I mean, I just, I'd be the guy that's out there like making my own. Yeah, I did real good this year, you know? <clears throat> Here's what Paul is saying. Hey, every athlete, every athlete knows that when you run a race, only one person wins. And, and, and they're running, and the people who are athletes, what are they gonna do? They're gonna be temperate in all things. You know what the athlete's gonna do? He's gonna say no to the piece of pie. You know what the athlete's gonna do? He's gonna say no to the, to the late night outings. You know what the athlete's going to do? He's going to say no to that second or third or fourth soda. You know what the athlete's going to do? He's going to say no. I hated, I hated when I was playing basketball and football, I hated Thanksgiving. Because the coach on Wednesday, he'd always be like, now boys, tomorrow, you know what that is. And we're all like, the day we can't eat anything that's really good in our house. And you always, you always ate. Like Thanksgiving came and I was like, basketball, what's that? Football, what's that? But Friday, when suicides came, you felt it. You know what the real athlete's gonna do? They're gonna be disciplined. Here, let me say it differently. They're going to defer, even though it's right, it's fine to eat. They're gonna defer, why? Because there's something better that they're looking toward. Here's what Paul is saying. I defer some of my temporary rights 
because eternity is around the corner. And I'm striving not for salvation. Paul's, no, no, salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. Paul says, I am striving because I recognize that there are gonna be rewards in heaven for how I steward my life. And so I defer all of my rights for the sake of eternity. Paul had one goal in life. It was to glorify the Lord by winning the lost and building up disciples. That was Paul's goal. Paul knew that life is not about you and it's not about me. It's about glorifying the one who created us and the one who saved us. Now, what can this mean for us? Well, I think first we need to recognize that Paul sacrificed immediate gains for eternal rewards, and he sacrificed immediate pleasures for eternal joys. What was Paul doing? He was giving up certain things now because he knew it could impact people toward Christ. In the last message, Paul said that there were gray areas in life. Gray areas that you can either force on somebody and perhaps hinder their growth, or you can love people more than yourself and say, I'm not going to push this on them. It's not, it's not a big biblical issue, so I'm not going to push it on them. I'm going to give them time to grow. Here's what Paul says today. He says, I want to take this a step further. You can demand your way and what you know to be true and what you know to be right from the word of God. You can, def- you can make those demands or you can defer those demands. Now, I'm not saying today that you don't stand up for truth. For instance, abortion is not a gray area in the Bible. Okay, I believe that life begins at conception. I believe that's what the Bible teaches. That's an area that Pastor Dennis is not going to back down on. Not because of love, you know, well, no, 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 I'll, I'll speak truth, but I'll speak it in love. No, we're talking about gray areas. You know, gray areas that, that there, there's going to be people right now in Christianity that they want to argue with you about going to the movies. And they'll say, bless God, if, you, if you're a Christian, you'll never go to that wicked, sinful movie house. You'll never, ever do that. You know what I'm going to say? Okay. That's your opinion. You say, Pastor, do you go to the movies? Yep. I try to be careful of what I go see. I think that's a biblical issue. Would you agree? But here's the concept. I'm not going to argue with you over it. We talked about this two weeks ago. Vaccine, no vaccine, masks, no masks, all those types of things. And two weeks ago, I mentioned, I'm not going to argue about it. I'll stand where what I believe, and I'll try to do it with truth and love, but I'm not going to be like, Brian, let's fight over this. And he probably agrees with me, so I, I don't know who else to pick on. Noah, I'm going to pick on you. No, here's, here's the thought, and I, I hope it's making sense this morning. thought is this, that there's a bigger picture than your demands and what you deserve. And let me break it down to apply it to just where we're at. In the Christian life, like at work this week, like at work this week, 
you could be that domineering, demanding person to work with. And you have your, it's my way or the highway. Or you can approach people with grace and with love and give them time to grow. You say, well, they're not even saved. All the more reason. Do you know why Paul watched his testimony everywhere he went? He watched his testimony everywhere he went because Jesus Christ is real. He was crucified, buried, and rose again because eternity is real and because people are going to spend eternity somewhere. That's why Paul did everything he did. And so this week, you have a choice. This week, you can go about and you can just not care about your testimony. Well, I'm saved. I'm just going to live my life and I'm just going to do my thing. And who cares about who I offend? Or this week, you can say, God, help me to see the lost. Help me to remember the cross and help me to look towards eternity. Every one of us have that choice. Paul was using himself as an example, saying, hey, this is what I deserve. But let me say today, the gospel is too valuable, people are too important, and eternity is too long to live for myself. I love the old poem, something like this, that there's only one choice on the shelf, live for God or live for self. Hey, this week, every one of us are gonna have that choice. This week, you can live for the Lord. You can defer areas that might be your right to demand or, or excuse me, you can demand areas that might be your right to demand or you can defer those areas. And this week, you can say, God, help me to use my life just for you. God, help me to use my life, my words, my testimony. Help me to remember Eternity is real, but Jesus provided. He provided forgiveness for everyone. And I might be, I love that saying, I might be the only Bible that someone reads. Your life could be that this week. You never know. And so I wanna challenge you today. I wanna challenge you to decide this week that you will do what it takes. God, this week I will do what it takes to point people to the gospel. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.